The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and chief executive officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about IBM e-relationship and brand building with Todd Turbo Watson, e-relationship manager for IBM Software Group. As e-relationship manager, Todd has worked to help consolidate the external web presence across IBM's five software brands and has been the driving force behind a live chat initiative that has generated over $100 million in new revenue opportunity. Todd is also responsible for IBM software search and social media marketing efforts. Todd's blog, which you must check out, is turbotod.wordpress.com. It's one of IBM's most popular, and he's also appeared frequently in the IBM Shortcuts and Developer Works podcast series. In the marketing industry, Todd's been an active participant in his field and spoken frequently at industry events on topics related to digital marketing, including ad tech, the 4A's Media Conference, South by Southwest Interactive, the Jupiter Online Ad Forum, Direct Marketing Association B2B Conference, and many, many more. You can follow Todd on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash turbo Todd. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Todd. Welcome. Thanks very much, Glenn. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. So let's start a little bit with your overall work with, within IBM Software Group. What are some of the initiatives you've got going on right now? Well, I think like a lot of companies, um, IBM Software Group's in the midst of kind of a transitional phase in which we're really working to achieve the right balance of marketing tactics and capabilities in light of this ongoing evolution towards digital and what we call social business. I mean, if you look back 10 years ago, there was a real shift in the way people interacted with each other. Um, The web came to the workplace. It became a serious business tool for organizations and industries across the board. And we call it business, right? And we've been making this transition from e-business to S-business, or what we call social business, which is really an evolution that occurs as social computing, policies, governance, cultures are integrated into the enterprise, and organizations are focused on socially enabling business processes. Because, you know, social business isn't, isn't a company, right, that just has a Facebook page and a Twitter account. If you look at our... 2010 CEO study, for example, 57% of companies who have invested in social business tools have outperformed their peers and their citing collaboration is having a direct impact 
on their organization's growth. So social business means every department from HR to we in marketing to product development to customer service to even sales use social media the way it uses any other tool and channel to do its job. And I think it's also a strategic approach to shaping your business culture, one that's highly dependent upon executive leadership and corporate strategy. So we've been focused on making this transformation ourselves, if you will, walking our own talk. And that includes a widespread corporate adoption of our own social business tools like our Lotus Connections Collaboration Suite, Lotus Live, which is our cloud-based offering to enable you know, smaller, medium-sized businesses to affordably collaborate online. And really, you know, those tools are how most of we IBMers run our daily business these days. So we're doing all this even as we invest in some of the fundamentals that make Digital Quarter our business. So as you mentioned, I run a comprehensive search research and marketing, I like to say, because we use that keyword research and demand understanding to, to um, you know, play back into our marketing activities, building a social media listening office to better monitor the social realm, what we call social intelligence, continued improvements in our core web experience. You cannot forget home base even as you look at these investments in the satellites, if you will, of social media. And then finally, you mentioned the live chat initiative. Actually, it's up to uh, $200 million a year now starting from zero just a few short years ago. And that's wow. been a really great tool, not only for driving business results for us, but also providing our clients a helping hand. So that's kind of the big picture of where we are and what we're doing at the moment. It's really staggering, obviously. It's, it's an honor to work with you guys as a, a client. One of the things that we've noticed, and personally that's just so uh, seems unique about what's going on in IBM that I'd love your perspective on, is the is the endorsement um, or the embracing of this at the very top and all the way through the organization. Why is it so um, just expansive and everywhere at IBM? Well, I think there's a few reasons, and it's good to hear that observed. Um, you know, I think early on, um, First of all, we have great leadership. I'll just say that, you know, from the top down, from John Awad, our, our chief marketing and communications officer, um, you know, our CEO, Sam Palmazano, I think there's yeah. a lot of support and embrace for um, this approach. I mean, we, we were early on in this space. If you remember our, our – originally we called them our blogging guidelines back in 2005. Right. That was – it was not a top-down initiative. It was a top-down in terms of support. But actually, yeah. if you go back and look at how we came to develop those guidelines, it was very much a democratized grassroots approach where many of we early practitioners came together and said, hey, we do need some rules of the road. First of all, let's start with our fundamental business conduct guidelines, which, which you know, guides all of our behavior ethically and otherwise at the, at the company. We have to sign off on those year after year. Um, but building off of that, we said there's some things that we need to look at in terms of how we participate in the social media um, that guides our behavior specifically. So, you know, we can't obviously talk about um, confidential information. We can't right. reveal financial uh, data. You know, basic, basic common sense things. So I think that yep. there's been a trust um, that has been mm. implicit that says we trust our employees and I think you've seen that reflected, and therefore we haven't, you know, seen, you know, the level of black eyes that I think some other companies have, have had, which have taken a more heavier hand 
um, where right. they don't trust their employees, and therefore that gets reflected in their in their behavior. Really interesting. So I have to talk about Watson, which for the I think the kid in all of us and the business individual and the technologist in all of us watching what went on with Jeopardy was staggering. From a marketing and business side, can you talk a little bit about how IBM rallied around the conversations and the energy around the, uh, the Jeopardy contest and how it really took on a life of its own? Absolutely. Let, let me talk a little bit about the, 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 the contest it, itself, because as somebody who's been around uh, quite a while, in fact, I was around during the Deep Blue Kasparov effort in 97, yep. um, I was just really extremely excited to see us take artificial intelligence and, of course, in Watson's case, natural language processing to the next level. Um, I mean, I, I really can't adequately relate to you the excitement that boils up both inside and outside the company for these types of initiative, because this man versus mis- machine, this John Henry-esque orientation of these events, <laughs> just has an inherent and magnificent sense of drama. And, and that goes for us inside the company who are part of the extended family. So, you know, I think in the case of Deep Blue, the contest came off probably a little more adversarial than was intended, uh, in that it posed this man versus machine model too directly. And I think in the case of Watson, it really was more of a case of man building machine to assist man. So it was more widely oh, accepted and lauded. You know, and I think you saw that reflected in a lot of the conversations. And, you know, you really can't even compare the two when you consider the epic they've each found themselves in. I mean, Deep Blue came in Web 1.0 pretty early on, and Watson really landed at a peak in this collective social mediafication which just created this whole new outlet, both inward and outward, for people not only to feel like they had a stake in the outcome, but to be able to express those observations and those sentiments directly to the world. So I think that was a big distinguishing factor. Um, In the case of we employees, it should be known that while we were privy to information released mainly inside the company that helped us better understand the underlying technology, we had no idea how the story was going to turn out. There were very few people that were allowed into those tapings, including some mm-hmm. of our customers. So we were watching with bated breath on Jeopardy back in February, along with the rest of the world. So talk about unlocking the passion. It, what's interesting listening to you is the same level of enthusiasm that we on the outside had. Sounds like internally there was not only that, but arguably more so. Yeah, it was, I mean, I think because we got to see a little bit more under the kimono, it, and it was, I mean, I, I actually got to interview Dr. Ferrucci when he came down to South by Southwest, and I remember speaking with him and also witnessing a, a, about an hour and a half long webcast, and believe me, I'm no, I'm no PhD in math, but it blew my mind literally to see him walk through the guts of how they approached the, the, the business problem they were trying to solve. The fact that it was a four-year journey to get to that point where that thing could answer those questions in three seconds. Or I mean, if you really look at it, it wasn't just about the IP that was necessary to answer the questions. If you remember, Watson was also very strategic about how right. to decide when to answer a question at what confidence level, and also, notably, how much money to put down on the line. So right. like a good poker player, it wasn't just reading your, your opponent's uh, you know, face, but it was also thinking about, well, 
what is it going to take to get me to win this hand? And I think that that was the kind of insight that really blew us away. So, you know, a lot of that started to get reflected in the storyline. You were asking about kind of the social media presence. Um, I think what was different about this particular initiative, and again, comparing it back to 97, was the fact that we had broadband, right? We had video that we could yep. show. And if you go to IBMWatson.com, which I would absolutely encourage people to do, it's still up today. You know, we just did a rebroadcast this week. And those video interviews explain so much about what's going on. So that was the other big change, I think, from Kasparov right. and, and Deep Blue was the enablement. We thought ahead much further about not only wanting to get, you know, this Jeopardy contest to get people's attention, but then we wanted to turn that into opportunity. And now you're seeing that. Just this week we announced one of our first major initiatives with the WellPoint medical benefits provider yes. who are going to be adopting Watson technology to help their physicians in their network, you know, do diagnostics and assist those physicians in getting quicker to those diagnoses and using evidence-based medicine much more effectively than we use it today. And guess what? Watson's making that possible. So you, you just had a recent blog post, and for the listeners, I would absolutely point everybody to your blog that talked a little bit more about the WellPoint partnership. And uh, it, it seems perfect, especially in the world of uh, either so much information or imperfect information, to be thinking about the power of Watson to help with things like diagnoses and, um, and, and treatment decisions. Do you envision this um, being more widely used in other industries? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's already in the works, and that's been part of the enablement. Um, you know, I think partly it, we're also trying to figure out how do we take this to market, right? And it's not like right. you just drop a Watson into somebody's data center <laughs> and, you know, it starts spitting out the answers. I mean, we have to start to gear this by industry. So, you right. know, healthcare was one that I think just seemed quite self-evident because of the massive amount not only of existing knowledge, but the fact that that knowledge is always, you know, uh, being added to over time. And that's, I think, again, where Watson is well equipped to, to help provide that service. I think you're going to see probably a lot of focus in the financial uh, services industry. I mean, right. imagine every day the amount of data. I mean, uh, just step back and think about the mortgage meltdown. What if we had had a system that was better understanding that we were pushing ourselves into this you know, very risky environment. And I'm not saying Watson could have prevented it. I'm just saying you don't know what you don't know. And right, having right. this deep analytics capability helping financial services firms extract this useful and actionable knowledge from all that data and be able to do it real time can ultimately help them make more informed financial decisions. I think one of the areas I'm interested in as a marketer is in the customer service realm where the Watson technology could really transform the customer service industry and make it faster and more accurate. I mean, imagine a lot of the voice, uh, uh, you know, phone trees that you get today. And right. what, if, what if you had a system sure. where you just called Watts and you asked a question and you got the answer in real time? I mean, wow, what a concept, right? But, you know, it's easier said than done. And I think, again, this could be a very practical use of the technology. Well, in reading, there was an article, from a, again, from the marketing and the brand standpoint, what it's done to the IBM brand, but also from an employee attraction standpoint. I understand that taking Watson on the road to places like a Carnegie Mellon to get access to talent that perhaps would be looking at um, a, a, a Google or a, another 
destination is an obvious one. It's, it seems like it's completely changed the brand perception for uh, current and future uh, employees for IBM. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, you really? know, that's, that's like a fringe benefit, but I mean, it's absolutely Completely. critical because if you look at our investments in the business analytics and optimization space overall, you know, our chairman has indicated we're going to spend some $20 billion over the next few years in that space. I mean, look at the acquisition of Cognos, SPSS. So, yes, and, and so what are we going to need to continue to round out and build on those solutions is great talent. You're absolutely right. Watson is, is a recruiting magnet in that respect. It's brilliant. Okay, so we're going to take a very short commercial break. Please stand by, and we'll be right back with Todd Watson from IBM and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. As you know, being an expert at f <gasps> What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa. You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f performance to the next level. The language. Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream. WebmasterRadio.fm We're the coolest place around. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Todd Watson, e-relationship manager for IBM Software Group, talking about IBM's e-relationship and brand building. So, Todd, turning to another area, I'm really curious to hear your perspectives on uh, in the online and digital marketing and social space about driving IBM software 
business forward. Can you talk a little bit about how you think about uh, measuring success, maybe some examples you're willing to share, but really thinking about a uh, driving the actual business results? Yeah, well, let me just talk a little bit uh, as, a, as a preface about IBM's approach, I think, to, to, to digital. Because from the early days of our e-business strategy, which, which really launched in the early dot-com boom, this medium started to become our message, to paraphrase Marshall McLuhan. Because if you remember what our then-CEO, Lou Gerstner, used to say, he was talking about the profound impact the Internet would have on transforming business. While the rest of the world was talking about browsers, we were talking about business, and in particular, e-business. And I think we proved with our early e-business campaign, much like we're now trying to do with the Smarter Planet initiative, um, was to talk about the profound impact the Internet would have on transforming business in Internet 1.0, right? So we proved that, and we started to disclose that in our advertising, in fact, which companies were an, quote, IBM e-business. We actually called them that in the advertising. So on the medium side, we use the Internet as a primary, primary vehicle for delivering those messages and experiences. And everything from our early investments in Internet advertising, which we were very early on, on, or early in on, to now building applications for the iPad, in which we showcase our smarter um, solutions, smarter plant solutions. So like any large global multinational, we're still at work you know, integrating digital into the mainstream of our marketing activities. But I think our, our web presence and digital presence, along with our early embrace of social, really speaks for itself. So now, you know, where are we going from here? We're better able to listen to the marketplace, for example, through the digital and social media. You know, traditional market research was your, your focus groups, your surveys, etc. Well, now we have this real-time opportunity to listen across the digital and social ecosystem globally in real time. To do that requires huge investments in data power, in analytics capability, and so forth. So we have been looking at and investigating big data and big tools to help us analyze and make sense of all of that so that digital becomes a foundational component of our marketing activities. And, and one example is we've recently embarked upon building out a very comprehensive social intelligence listening operation using tools like our Cognos Consumer Insight so that we become our own, again, best example, and then we're able to help other companies do the same. So in the process of our doing it, we're helping our customers doing it. Now, when you get the metrics, you know, as, as well as anybody, they run the gamut. And at the end of the day, for my line of business, ultimately we're all about identifying new sales opportunities in the digital realm. So new leads and opportunities identified are the ultimate metrics. But, you know, and I mentioned, for example, the live chat initiative. That's one way we're able to actually provide that direct account. I think in the social realm, we're all still struggling in the industry on what are the right quantifications. I mean, we can count Facebook likes from nigh on to forever. But the real <laughs> question is what does it mean and how do you benchmark it both against yourselves, your competition, and the industry at large? And I think that's right. a story that's still unfolding. So one of the things, completely agree with you about the, the measures and, 
and metrics and measurement techniques. One of the other things that seems to trip up many organizations that we've seen is the organizational alignment or ownership, if you will, of social. Will you talk just a little bit about how you have been successful or have seen IBM embrace from legal to communications to marketing rally around this um, funky sandbox called social? <laughs> Man, that's a tough one. I mean, I think that's one that all organizations are struggling with, and that's why I go back to this whole idea of social business becoming kind of the organizing principle. Um, right. I think it really depends on the organization and culture. I mean, if you talk to... Um, some of the industry luminaries like Jeremiah Alling uh, at Altimeter Group, who studies this very closely, you know, it just depends on the organization where you see the rise of social. And the rise of one function over another means there's going to be, you know, internecine um, either warfare or collaboration, depending on the culture, <laughs> between one function or another. I think at IBM we saw an early embrace in communications. Um, yep. Marketing was very central to um, uh, bringing about investment and focus, and in particular, market insight and in market intelligence because of all this new data opportunity. So I, I don't think, no matter where you see it originally rise, what you very quickly have to determine, especially in a multinational company, is you've got to get horizontal. Right, you've got to start bringing right. together the functions in some kind of a governance. You know, some people call it a social media um, center of competency or center of excellence. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the ways that we've, I think, been successful at IBM. And believe me, there's still plenty of growing pains. This is a journey; <laughs> it's not a destination. And what we're doing is we set up work streams across a number of key areas, and we're bringing those people to the table, sometimes kicking and streaming, whether it's legal, whether it's technical support, whether it's sales and marketing, we're asking them to come to the table. We want their input because we recognize that the most successful social strategy is one that's interdisciplinary and interfunctional, inter if you will, and horizontal across the organization. Because guess what? At the end of the day, the customer doesn't care that the left hand is not talking to the right hand. They want a response and they want it quickly and you have to start to figure out an enterprise management system that will allow you to respond to those queries because we've seen what happens. The wildfires that happen, the disasters. <laughs> we talked to Dell right. in 2005 yeah. um, and we want to try to avoid that and so you know, to do that, to mitigate that risk means we have to come together more uh, frequently and, and with some strong principles and common direction in, in mind. Makes absolute perfect sense, and I think it's certainly common, the idea of uh, uh, an integrated team in communication. Um, okay, so let's have a little bit of fun the, uh, using the speed round of, of Jeopardy here. <laughs> so um, real quick, there's no right or wrong answer. Just curious, your perspectives on a couple of um, either technology or trends, uh, Google+. Plus. What's your take? Google Plus. Well, you know, I think it's a, it's a valiant effort, particularly considering Google has not had a, an aggressive social play and was eclipsed by Facebook. I think it, it runs the challenge of being too obscure and niche. Right now, if you look at the 20-plus million versus the 750-plus million Facebook, that's a tall hill to climb. On the other yep. hand, what I like about Google Plus is their integration 
of you know the 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 equivalent like functionality, the plus one button yep. that combines and overlaps the social capability in the circles with the search function uh, that has historically dominated their business. I think that's very interesting. I think they got to be very careful as they move forward in trying to reach into those circles to market the way you saw with Facebook and the graph right. because they right. have really distinguished themselves in terms of privacy, and that's a very delicate balancing act. That's the one thing that really distinguishes them right now. And to try and monetize that without ruining that privacy experience, I think, is a big challenge. Yep. Okay, let's do one more for giggles. Uh, quick word or sentence that comes to mind when I say QR codes. QR codes. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that's the word that comes to mind. I, listen, I think anything that can make it easier on the consumer is a good thing. So whether you're at an event or you're looking at a billboard, you know, to have that tool, assuming you make it easy to, to do those scans, you know, that's great. But that, that part's a novelty. I think what I see is there's not enough thought put into the back end. What are you asking the customer or the consumer to do? I think if people would give a little more thought to the holistic experience as opposed to the novelty of pulling out this thing and mm. scanning something, we'd all be better served. Mm. And I just got to ask before I let you go, how'd you get the nickname Turbo? Hey, man, that's my IBM Niven nickname, and I'm sticking to that story. Seriously, I mean, when I, first, when I first started 20 years ago as a green college student, people used to ask me, you know, on my PS2 workstation, a big honking computer on my desk, they'd come by and ask me to show them something on the computer, and I'd grab the mouse and whiz it around, and they'd be like, what did you just do? I said, I just showed you. <laughs> so it was that Fantastic. in my dude. And when the social media go. revolution started, I was like, i got to run with this. <laughs> okay, well thanks Todd for being my guest today and thanks everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation if you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Engler or on my blog at www.glennengler.com please visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge thanks very much